Hey folks, let's spend some time with friends up north. Pat Kreitlow of Up North News is on Lake Wissota. Kristen Bry of Asgos, Wisconsin is along Lake Michigan. And up on Lake Minocqua is Kirk Bankstead of the Minocqua Brewing Company. Wherever you are, welcome, because you're up north. Thank you, John, and thank you to them Cooley boys for the music that tells you that you have made it up north. Nice to have you here. I'm Pat Kreitlow on Lake Wissota. Kristen Bry is along Lake Michigan. Kirk Bangstead is on Lake Minocqua. Coming up from the cabin on today's show, we have a look back at Tuesday's election results. We also talk about how the state Supreme Court added insult to injury on Wednesday by killing statewide mask rules in a way that also took tens of millions of dollars away from struggling families. Kirk's going to tell us as well about uh, some good news for elk hunters and not so good news for people who like to fish in our Great Lakes. And then uh, as of this week, there's no longer any reason to get in line or wait to be in line for to get vaccinated because basically if you're over 16 or 16 and over, you can mm -hmm. just go do it. That's it. Awesome. I mean, that's 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 the requirement, folks. And then uh, we can we can all get back to our regular activity or our ball games or gatherings, our fish fries, which you notice in the in the notes here, I, I spelt fish fries F-R-Y-S, which is correct. Because <laughs> fish fries, F-R-I-E-S, are skinny little things that would fall apart. So but is that I because I've had this, I've had this discussion via Twitter mm -hmm. of which it is. It, because the plural of a French fry is French fries, but the singular is F-R-Y. Well, it's, yeah, you're having a fry. You know, right now we all use fry as a verb. In this case, if we're using fry as a noun, we're going to go with fries. Why? Because, you know, Noah Webster is not here or Marion Webster. I, say, I feel or, like this is a backwards Wisconsin thing that just be like, well, this is how we spell it. So this this is, we just do what we want. This is how we spell it. This is how we do it. And, <laughs> and what's more important is that we just get back to them because... It doesn't matter if you you miss your walleye, your haddock, your cod, your perch, or apparently, Kirk, fake perch is a thing. Oh, yeah. Okay. So obviously, fish fry was like my world for like the last six years. Like we had to have a fish fry. You, we're, as a brew pub, you can't have a fish fry. You can't not have a fish fry in Wisconsin. So, so I found out that everyone wants perch. You know, because that's what Wisconsinites, that's like the gold standard of, of fish fry. And walleye is like, you know, some people would prefer walleye, but a lot of perch walleye is like number one, number two. So I was like, well, and my food guy was like, well, if you want real perch, it's going to cost you like a ton of money. And I'm like, well, how is everybody else getting away with charging less than 20 bucks a plate for perch? And like, well, they're using European Xander for perch they're, 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 or they're walleye. Using, what? what? It's called European Xander, sure. and it's a flaky white fish from like the Mediterranean that's taken out of like Turkey and frozen and shipped over here. And so I'm just telling you right now, this is like the little secret restaurant secret. If you're spending anything less than 20 bucks a fish fry, you're probably eating European Xander instead of perch. And not perch. But only if you're ordering perch. Right. I mean, is there fake yeah, walleye? If you order is cod, there... cod's cheaper. And uh, cod's cheaper, and so is pollock. Pollock is like the the disaster of a fish, but it's still white fish. <laughs> like so, it's like McDonald's fish sticks are made out of pollock. So that's real, even though it's not great. I'm just glad to get back to and, and whatever it is. You know, for us, it's it's the edge over on Lake Wasoda. Just fantastic fish on Fridays. Cannot wait to get back. So you have not gone at all. 
because I would say a lot of places, at least I'm down in, uh, like you said, on Lake Michigan, like there's places you, as long as you wear your mask and stuff. So you have not gone to a fish fry in over a year. I have not. Nope. Wow. I, I have been a good boy and, and tried to behave myself. And that's uh, going to come to an end real soon. With that, we'll turn our attention to something else I would like to do real soon. And that's go to a Brewers game. Uh, Brewers season is finally underway. They won the uh, season opener against the Twins, then a few losses. And now the Cubs are coming uh, next week to American Family Field. And some people are still getting Ugh. used to that name. Uh. Hey, hey, I can, hey, my insurance company. I also hear my premiums going up every time I mention it. But uh. American Family Field uh, and tailgating will be back on a limited basis. Obviously, limited crowds um, and some rules on the tailgating. But it's one more step back. And it's happening just because everybody is continuing to do the right and careful thing as much as possible. And so that's going to take us into the headlines. And uh, Kristen's going to start with mostly some good news on the pandemic front. Yeah. So the good news is as of Monday, uh, two days ago, if you are 16 or older, you and you live in Wisconsin, you can go get a vaccine. So we don't, it's nothing about your BMI. It's nothing about your age. It's nothing about your occupation. It's literally... If you uh, can have your driver's license, you can have a vaccine. And so I know that there's some places that it's easier to get than others, but basically Walgreens, CVS, Pick and Say, like some of the Kroger places, uh, Costco, like there are so many different places that you can call and they have websites set up to get a vaccine, but also your, also your health systems. Uh, I know that the Wisconsin Center in Milwaukee, obviously for some people that could be a drive, but Basically, if you're a Wisconsin resident, you can go there and get a vaccine. So they are becoming readily, readily available uh, and are available for everyone 16 and older. So right. Is- and the availability, you know, bounces up and down. It, you know, we, we did a story at Up North News, uh, WI.com about uh, the Ho-Chunk Nation for a time opened up its vaccination clinics to the general public. And that that did a great deal to boost the vaccination numbers, you know, around their communities. But uh You know, Kirk, I I don't think we're out of the woods on this quite yet. We're not out of the woods. Um, You know, there's you still can get the virus if uh, if you if you haven't got a vaccine. Apparently, 30 people a week. We're still losing 30 people a week. Uh, People are dying in Wisconsin because of covid. uh, And that's that's 30 people too much, in my opinion. So you still got to wear your mask. And and by the way, I'm going to throw an audible here, guys. But I was having this conversation. So I've got Moderna three weeks ago and I've read that I'm at like 80%, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm not great. I'm still 80%, you know, health, like a good that I won't get the virus. I got that second shot brings me up to like 90 or 95% after like 12 days. Am I still higher, higher, have a higher likelihood of not getting COVID with one Moderna shot three weeks later than somebody that's gotten one Johnson and Johnson shot total? Well, Let's let's first put out the disclaimer that the the three people and the invisible producer that you see on your screen if you're watching this uh, podcast are not medical doctors. And if you can hear the sound of our voices, we are not medical doctors. And so the, the correct Did I just break to, a rule. That is break the correct a rule answer of- to your question, Kirk. Is uh, I don't know. Just go get your shot. It's not tough. You know, okay. there, there was somebody who was very instrumental in helping get those shots prepared for us. And so I really want to uh, recommend to folks the Washington Post write-up of Andrea Palm, who is getting the last laugh as Wisconsin is now a national leader in vaccinations. 
she planned it for the long run. Lots of small community vaccination centers for rural Wisconsin instead of a handful of mega centers. And yet the state Senate never confirmed her to be secretary of the Department of Health Services. But now she's awaiting U.S. Senate confirmation to be the number two person at the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. And again, she's getting touted for setting up this vaccination program. A whole lot of people have made it work, you know, but it was it was under her purview. And yet Northern Wisconsin's own Tom Tiffany has been using old and bad information to try to convince uh, Senate Republicans to oppose her nomination. But, you know, God. if you like what you've seen in Wisconsin so far, you might want her advice over in D.C. Talk about a lady that got heat in Wisconsin for the last year. Oh, my uh, just, God. I, I heard more about that woman than I heard about anybody else in, other than Evers. Right. That's really one of my favorite videos I think I've made this year was uh, – when it was announced that she was going to DC and the, the ending like wails of midnight train to Georgia of like, Oh, I'm leaving. I was just got like, to me, go. Got me, to go. got to go. I got to go. And the, uh, interpreting what she might've felt like be like, I'm going to leave this mess behind me because none of you appreciated what I had Oh, and, she and I'm going to totally. go. Totally earned it. And if you haven't seen uh, Kristen's uh, video of that or others, uh, head over to Asgos, Wisconsin. Let's go through a few other uh, headlines. First off, Tuesday featured an election for state superintendent of public instruction. Pecatonica superintendent Jill Underly defeated former Brown Deer superintendent Deb Kerr, who had been backed by Scott Walker and other private school boosters. So uh, it's like it's good news and bad news because we uh, so basically around 20% is what our turnout was for this election and versus our record breaking turnout in November 70 uh, plus percent right thank you uh. um and you know obviously there's a lot of money that goes into presidential elections there's a lot of money that goes into cong congressional elections and everything and so I, I get that like the media attention that happens there but um the good like the good side of this is that the turn at 20 percent is higher than we have seen in the past for nonpartisan spring elections um for a statewide contest but the other good news is that the fact that around 320 thousands people still mm -hmm. voted absentee or voted early in person showing that even with reduced concern, I would say, is that fair to say, as far as COVID sure. versus where we were a year ago mm -hmm. for our primary uh, this time last year, people are still embracing the things that make voting easier. Exactly. Uh <laughs> and, and, and so of course we see this attack on trying to make voting harder. And we, at a time when people are more cynical than ever about government, the the worst thing you can do is is you know feed into that cynicism and and further suppress voters you know unless it's in your own best interest and that's only for a a, a select few number of people so yeah. those of you who did vote uh that's great just remember that come 2022 not a presidential election year um but there will be a, a governor's race there will be a u.s senate race and, you know, the numbers go down in, in the midterms, you know, in most of the country, but not as much in Wisconsin. So uh, people just have to stay plugged in because, you know, again, every election matters. I, I had a good friend say to me, I love that I just signed up for to get my absentee ballots and it just shows up now. 
And so that I can not only remember when there is an election because the ballot shows up, but also that I have time to research the candidates from home and that I'm not showing up to the ballot because I'm, I know that I'm supposed to vote. And then I look at a certain race and I'm like, I have no idea who either of these people are or any of these people are. And I, I either blindly fill in a bubble or I don't vote at all. And so what I think in the attempt to this very important position that we just elected for the, the superintendent, it's, it, it's a very important position that only 20% of the population in Wisconsin voted on. And there has to be a better way to do this. And so one way is, do we appoint this position or do we double down on just sending everyone their absentee ballot who is registered to vote? But that's a radical idea. Well, so. on top of that, it's, and it's not even that, um, you know, Republicans in, in states like Georgia and Wisconsin are fighting the sending of absentee ballots, but just sending applications for absentee ballots. And it's, it's been proven time and time again, when you send the applications, not the actual ballot, but when you send the applications, um, people fill them out and they want the ballot. They want to vote. They want to take part in it. And, and that's the kind of thing that, um, you know, we, we have to uh, encourage from folks. So with that, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, a little bit more news from uh, up north about uh, the success of elk hunting. And we're also going to talk about a court decision that has cost Wisconsin tens of millions of dollars a month. We'll be back uh. in a bit. You are up north. Won't you let me die? This is the part of the program where we take a moment to engage in some shameless self-promotion and since this whole podcast was Kirk's idea, why wouldn't we take a moment and uh, let the man talk about what's new at the Monaco Brewing Company? Kirk, what's happening? Uh, thanks, Pat. So I just wanted to say a few things. Uh, 5% of all the profits of progressive beer go to our super PAC. When I say progressive beer, we call it, we, we're selling Biden beer, Kamala, Bernie Brew, and Fair Maps IPA. And 5% of all that money goes to our super PAC, which we lovingly refer to as dark money meant for good. And right now we're focused on gerrymandering because with gerrymandering, we get legislators like Rob Swearingen and Tom Tiffany who live in the Northwoods, but side with the pollution lobby over its citizens because they know they're gonna get reelected no matter what they do. Gerrymandering allows the legislature to never meet and instead just sue our governor because they know that they can't get voted out of office for being lazy. We made a Fair Maps IPA to educate people about this problem are investing heavily in phone banking, radio ads, and billboards to keep this issue out front and center. So if you'd like to support this effort, please buy our beer, buy our t-shirts, or donate straight to the Super PAC. You can find out how to do all that stuff by going to our website, which is www.monacobrewingcompany.com. All right. Thank you, Kirk. Kristen, let's get in a plug for what folks can find it, as goes Wisconsin these days. As goes Wisconsin is a social media, uh, social media videos on uh, TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook that are always 60 seconds or less that take everything that is headlines, history, uh, comedy, and Wisconsin. So basically trying to make the super complicated, super not by telling you what's going on and also making you feel good about being from or living currently in Wisconsin. And so you can find that at As Goes Wisconsin on any of the social medias you find yourself on. 
All right. And as managing editor of Up North News, a digital newsroom you can find at upnorthnewswi.com or upnorthnewswi on social media. Don't forget the WI. This is the part where I add that the Up North podcast is not a production of Up North News. But if our little show here gets you to support any of the daytime jobs you just heard about, isn't that a win-win for all of us here? Uh, we also want to thank Devil's Advocates Radio, where we air live on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. And the Up North podcast is made possible by Sitecast, a leading nationally recognized website solutions firm based in the Northwoods of Wisconsin, because, hey, nerds live up north, too. All right, welcome back to the Up North Podcast. I'm Pat Kreitlow on Lake Wissota, Kristen Bryce over by Lake Michigan, Kirk Bankstead up on Lake Minocqua. And uh, we want to talk a bit about some of the natural resources up north. Uh, for some good news about the state's growing elk herd, the DNR is planning the fourth elk hunt in state history this fall in the northern zone. The application period is open through May 31st. The elk population centered around Clam Lake rose to 300 animals in the past year, and it's healthy thanks to back-to-back -back mild winter. Uh, elk were eliminated from Wisconsin back in the 1880s, uh, so it's a nice comeback to have seen over all these years. Residents can purchase uh, license applications through gowild.wi.gov, and I add uh, parenthetically, elk steaks are the best but maybe you just have to have a son-in-law who's a hunting guide in order to find that out, Kirk, because apparently you haven't had elk steaks. Uh, I haven't I had elk. <laughs> I, say, I also have not had elk steaks. See, I when I heard this, I was like, I mean, I believe that they're probably really good, but I'm like, are they really the best? Because the best steaks for me are the fun ones with like, they massage the, 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 cow, like the fat of the cow. And so you have all that like, real juicy meat like wagyu or whatever they, elk don't have a lot of fat on them no no they? nobody massages an elk my god kirk it's you would die <laughs> there's no massaging the elk strong hind legs on those elk well i don't know if he would die so much as since he's not a domesticated animal i don't know who like what elk is letting any human get close enough to him to like massage it before they that's why it's gamey it. that's why it's got to be a little gamey i'm guessing <laughs> I just is there is there thoughts that this is going to be run a little bit better than the wolf hunt was because that's exactly oh, yeah. where this my one has this one has some experience behind it there have been a few already so hopefully okay. unlike the wolf hunt things will go a little better now the news isn't as good for sportsmen and women in another area a new study has revealed that mercury contamination from way back when continues to be found in fish near the shorelines of the Great Lakes this particular study focused on the Superior Duluth area, where they studied whether the mercury found in fish is a relatively recent form of poisoning or from past industrial contamination. And it's the older contaminants that continue being passed on to successive generations of fish, meaning outdoor recreation up north and all over Wisconsin continues to pay a price from unchecked pollution from generations ago. And that takes us into a story we don't have nearly enough time to get into, but that is how Wisconsin Manufacturers and Commerce continues going to court, trying to stop the Wisconsin Department of Natural Resources from looking for things like, you know, pollution from so-called forever chemicals, also known as PFAS. Uh, now a judge is letting the testing resume, but uh, saying the DNR can't make public its results. So the job is still being only halfway done and it's, Seems a little odd to believe that that's what most businesses in the state want is for their big business lobby to make it harder to find and clean up pollution. You're so, up north. We'll be right back.
Welcome back to the Up North Podcast. I'm Kristen Bry on Lake Michigan. I am also here with Kirk Bangsat, who is on Lake Manaqua, and Pat Kreitlow on Lake Wasoda. All right, Kristen. So um, I wanted to talk about this issue. We just heard from the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel this week that because the state Supreme Court like overturned the emergency mask mandate on March 31st, or March 30th, as opposed to like April 1st, that somehow that technically makes us not able to get, I think, around $40 million of emergency, uh, emergency, the emergency food share, uh, it's otherwise known as food stamps or nutritional benefits that struggling families in Wisconsin need. So let's like, like unpack that a little bit. The re- Robin Voss and the Republicans like like sued Evers because he's not supposedly like allowed to have an emergency man, uh, mask mandate, uh, you know, for more than like 60 days. They sued him. The, the, the conservative Supreme Court backed that. And now because these guys didn't do their homework before they sued, millions of dollars aren't going to hungry families. And I've, we've got 242,000 people that are on food stamps right now, and that's an increase by 140,000 since the pandemic started. This, if a low-income senior citizens who were earning $204 per month now stand to only get $16 per month for for food stuff uh, for food food stamps. So, guys, this is this is crazy. What's going I, on here? But my, this story broke back when uh the the attempt from i think i was it pat you can probably tell us this but it was either the senate the state senate that did pass overriding the mass mandate or it was the assembly that overrode it but then like two days later the journal oh, Sentinel it was like broke right the story they, right after it was basically like one almost. one chamber passed it and then the other chamber like decided oh let's maybe like hold back because this story broke because it was like, oh, we're going to lose out on a lot of money. Exactly. And, and so it's like, they knew that they, this is not news. Like this, right. this they, we already found this out back in January. Right. But what we learned on uh, late Wednesday from the state Supreme Court ruling as it did on March 31st, instead of April 1st, the whole difference is that families who were going to get that extra bit of uh, food share allotment for May will not get theirs for May now. Uh, first, they would have thought, okay, from June onward, but right away in May, again, tens of millions of dollars in extra food assistance. And again, for folks that are wondering, is it all gone? No, this was an extra amount that Congress allocated to the states to help struggling families, many of whom, as Kirk said, you know, have lost work during you know, this pandemic recession. This extra allotment on top of it, and the only catch was that you had to have, you know, you had to take seriously the pandemic by declaring a public health emergency, which Governor Evers did. But Republicans and, you know, and others took him to court uh, repeatedly over uh, what I think is one of the flimsiest legal premises that you, you could want is that you can't, in their mind, declare a second and third emergency for the same pandemic. And the, the analogy I've always used is that's like saying if a, if a storm system spun off a tornado, you know, that was hitting Fort Atkinson and you issued a tornado warning 
And then as the storm geared up and it was about to plow through, you know, Main Street and downtown Waukesha, the National Weather Service was going to be told, oh, no, 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 you can't issue another tornado warning for the same storm system. I mean, this is a pandemic. This is not a single, you know, event. It is an infection, a public health thing that is fluctuating. And to take that as an excuse to you know, do a power play on the governor and now deny your own people tens of millions of dollars in food aid. I mean, it really says something about what you said, Kirk, earlier about when you're gerrymandered, when you have that kind of security, you don't have to care if people go hungry. But Pat, so this is the thing, like all that the Republican majority has to do is get together and meet and pass another security measure from the legislators point of view they just have to show up to work and and pass a bill to reinstate this emergency to bring back this money but they refuse to do it because that would give in their minds governor evers a win or at least validate that he that they also agree that it's an emergency they're willing to let wisconsinites go hungry in order to beat governor evers in politics that's what i'm what I, what's happening here? Well, it's it's a it's a, a long running culture, if you will, of blaming the poor for being poor. You know, this is a state, one of the few states left that has not expanded, uh, accepted the Medicaid expansion money to strengthen Badger Care and cover more people because the Assembly Speaker, Robin Voss, has referred to Medicaid as welfare. This is the same Speaker Voss and Republicans who have kept Wisconsin's minimum wage at the same level for over a decade, saying that there are plenty of job openings. In other words, what they want then is, you know, for people to essentially be indentured, that you will, you will work for any wage, no matter how crappy, any conditions, no matter how crappy, because it's the people with the money, the employers, who should be ruling the roost. And that's why you have organizations like Wisconsin Manufacturers and Commerce becoming so ballsy, they can protect polluters and fight cleaning it up. It's, it's very much a what um what's his name he was here for a while the former guy scott walker you know used to say we're we're, we're open for <laughs> business forget his name <laughs> uh, we are still very much you know open for business in terms of the way the legislature is choosing you know the big business class over small hometown businesses workers and customers Kristen. yeah i mean this is i mean to be fair this is exactly what voss also tweeted out this morning. I mean, as far as the uh, withholding, unless you play with my politics, and this is, I t I had sent this out this morning being like, oh, for a nonpartisan election. Oh, we're talking about the state superintendent election. Yes. Yeah, as far as like, what do you hold, you know, it's for someone who's as powerful, for someone who only represents 60,000 people, it's very, very powerful. And he basically said this morning, based on Jill Underly, who had been backed by Democrats, um, her winning superintendent, he was like, I'm not, I'm not like, I, I refuse to give another nickel school, yeah. schools any more money because of this win. And it's the same thing as like, I, because this mask mandate infringes on people's liberties, Which I don't care that hung, people who need these benefits aren't going to get them. All right. All right. So Robin Voss is willing to let people go hungry to beat Evers. He's willing to not fund public schools to beat Evers. He's got apparently control of the money, but guess where a lot of money is going to 
are legislators who aren't meeting at all. So our uh, our legislators all make $53,000 a year, and they have claimed over half a million dollars in per diem, which is like ex your daily expenses that are incurred while you're working. So seemingly, if you're going to incur half a million dollars in like your, you know, your, your Quiznos sub and your Diet Coke and, uh, you know, some gas mileage to get to the Capitol, you're going to be actually working. Well, this goes along with gerrymandering and this goes along with, um, you know, them picking fights and suing our governor. Our legislature didn't meet for eight months during the pandemic. From April through the through the election in November, they did not meet. When we had the riots and the shootings in Kenosha, and when we had uh, other gun violence happening in Wisconsin, Evers called two special sessions on gun reform and police reform. They gaveled in and they gaveled out. Less than one minute in session for those two very important things, which greatly affected many Wisconsinites. Now, and instead of passing bills to help the citizens of Wisconsin, they sued our governor at, uh, th three different times. First, they forced us to vote in April in a pandemic when we easily could have voted. You know, we didn't know. We thought this was the plague coming. You know, they, 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 ended, they ended the mandate to reopen government in May, right before Memorial Day, which threw us into Wild West with no rules. And finally, they sued to end this mask mandate. So... In short, what they're trying to do is, in my mind, is make life as miserable as possible for Wisconsinites because we have a Democratic governor and people who aren't paying attention are going to blame our governor for how miserable they are so, so that they can win in 2022. So instead of the open for business sign that used to be coming in, uh, if I'm hearing you correctly, as you put it, maybe that it should be, we've been making life miserable for people since 2011. Yeah, maybe that's the the new slogan. Run with that, guys. Throw that on your lawn signs. That'll be outstanding. <laughs> I just want to. I do want to say, Kurt, I because I did a video on this, and to be fair, this is both sides. Three out of the four top spenders were Democrats. Oh, talking about per diems, sure. Yeah, we're talking per about diems. per diem. Let's, so let's like, let, if we're if we're if we're leading in with the per diem thing, let's let the former legislator weigh in on that one over here. <laughs> yes, and I think this because I think because I, I think a lot of us saw the same thing, right? You're like, why did you spend mm -hmm. almost as much as you did in 2018? Because I think it was like 800,000 ish in 2018 mm -hmm. in a year that you didn't meet. Because I had I had the same reaction, and I think the rules are basically like you don't have to show receipts. No, you, you don't. And, and uh, so, and this is not a partisan thing, right? This is because, no. well, Scott Fitzgerald was number one, but the, the next three people were Democrats. And one was Janet Buley, who has to, who has transportation know, costs, transportation from and has very, very bad was, broadband. Before that, and stuff it was like Bob that. Jauk. Before that, it was uh, Gary Sherman. And uh, somewhere mixed in all that was Pat Kreitlow making the drive from Chippewa Falls once or twice a week. And there's a big difference in getting a per diem for coming down and putting your feet up on your desk, coming down to Madison and doing constituent service work, a lot of which folks just don't see at all, and people coming down and actually being in session. And, and so Kirk's point is spot on about them not being in session, about them not doing any, they're lawmakers. They weren't making any laws. They weren't, they, for, they weren't taking away any laws for people that talk about you know killing regulations. So they weren't really doing 
anything for that money. And I dare say from what, from, you know, from my own experiences, you chop, you uh, no doubt had a lot of uh, democratic lawmakers there, some of whom I served with that were doing, you know, fine work trying to help people negotiate through the system or solve this problem or that problem. Uh, and you had a lot of others where, you know, the, the, your message might get returned. It might not get returned. You know, some folks still do this for public service and some folks do it very much just to be in power, just to be in politics. And if you, if you sense that your person is like that, uh, could I suggest voting for somebody else in 2022? You know, <laughs> whoever that is, you don't have to keep the same person in there because it's, it's that, and I'm not a, I'm not a term limit person, you know, but maybe there should be. You're up North. We'll be back after this. Welcome back to the Up North Podcast. I'm Pat Kreitlow on Lake Wissota. Kristen Bry is along Lake Michigan. Kirk Bankstead is on Lake Minocqua. Coming up in just a moment is Aaron Rodgers in jeopardy of being fabulous on your TV every day. But first, <laughs> we, were, we were talking just a bit ago about the uselessness of some of our state legislators and what they're working on uh, in, instead of the things that you know really are important to families. Now, this next one sounds fun, sounds cute, but I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and start from the standpoint of you got better things to do. But I'll tell you about it anyway. The person that occupies my old seat in the legislature, uh, State Senator Kathy Bernier of Lake Halley and Representative Donna Rosar of Marshfield have introduced a bill to name the state cheese of Wisconsin. And guys, I know what, what you know her bill or their bill said, but if you hadn't heard it, what do you think would be on the bill to name a state cheese? Curd! Curd? Well, <laughs> Curd, the state cheese. <laughs> Right, it's not a bad answer. That would be hilarious. That, that's answer. the only one you can get away with that you don't like offend different cheese parts of Wisconsin. Well, in my mind, what immediately always goes to cheddar, and I don't, I like investigating that. I was like, I don't know why, why my mind goes there, but like for some reason, I associate cheddar with Wisconsin. Sure, but we, I mean, we have so many kinds here. And, and last year we, uh, we covered, our, our news team covered the, the World Cheese Championships in Madison. And uh, I mean, you want to see people take their cheese seriously. Uh, who is it? Christopher Guest does all those movies like Best in Show yeah, and yeah, A Mighty yeah. Wind. Christopher Guest, if you're listening, you got to do the World Cheese Championships for your next movie. <laughs> but anyway, the, the legislators uh, both have a certain city in their district, the city of Colby. And so of course they wanna honor Colby cheese as the Wisconsin state cheese. They note rightfully that Colby cheese began as a, a family farm recipe dreamed up by a, a young man on the floor of his father's small wooden cheese factory, it says. And today it's world famous and one of America's most popular cheeses. Albeit true, if you think for a moment that everybody in the legislature is going to forego whatever is whatever cheese is made in their district and pick one. I mean, again, it's, it's like parents being asked to choose their favorite child, you know, except for my mom who would always choose, you know, my sister over me, but by and large, people wouldn't <laughs> choose that. This bill has been introduced before, didn't go anywhere. This bill ain't going anywhere either. But I also like, Cheese isn't wine. Like it's not like certain types of grapes that can only grow. Like like champagne can only come from France in Champagne, France, because bourbon that's where from those... Kentucky, right? Yeah, like I, I'm pretty sure like they could make 
Colby cheese. Like it's like it's still just outside no of Colby. Way. Yeah, like I, I like that. I, I, am I wrong? Because I think I learned today that the most the most the type of cheese that Wisconsin produces the most of is mozzarella, which is definitely not created in Wisconsin. It's like that was that's what demand is. So I'm a little confused of like. I don't know. Colby is definitely not where my mind goes though. Wait, when we think about Wisconsin cheese, isn't Colby like a mix of orange and white cheese together, like Franken cheese? Oh, Kirk! Again, you're asking questions. I, we weren't a doctor before. I can tell you, nobody's voice you're hearing here today is a cheesemaker. <laughs> I don't think so, that's. I think. Is, is I don't think it's true? a mandatory thing. I only know this because oh. when I think of when I go to my mother's house, and it's just littered the 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 open there's an entire drawer in my mom's fridge <laughs> that is just cheese that is just cheese from the randolph cheese factory sure. rudolph rudolph and for rudolph. us it's rudolph, it's rudolph. sorry yeah, it's so gouda rudolph from marietta uh marietta gouda from thorpe you know up here in this neck of the woods and and everybody's got their own favorite wherever they are it's it's just not going to you know it's, it's not going to be cheese whiz but there's going to be there's a whole host of others, you know, that that somebody could be picking here. So let's see, we, we started the show talking talking about fish fries and cheese. Uh, <laughs> Kurt, you talked about beer somewhere in the middle. So we've pretty much covered all the food groups, right? We got bingo. We all got the Wisconsin, Wisconsin bingo. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll go to a few more a little bit later on. Uh, so Aaron Rodgers is guest hosting Jeopardy uh, this past week and the following week. Uh, one of several people who are rotating through after the passing of Alex Trebek. And, you know, there's no doubt that Aaron Rodgers is um, a, a real big fan of Jeopardy. He, he spoke uh, very, you know, had, had a very heartfelt comments about Alex Trebek and about his time on Celebrity Jeopardy. I haven't watched, but I'm hearing a lot of people say good things about it. I'm wondering if, uh, I don't think either one of you are Jeopardy devotees, but one, one of you said you were hearing a lot about what kind of feedback he was getting. I saw it all over social media because I mean, but also that when I started to look into it, he studied Jeopardy like it was like game tape. Sure. Like he literally like approached it like I am going to study this. I'm going to learn every single beat. I'm going to honestly like absorb everything that I need to know <laughs> to do this at the level that I am used to doing things at. And he crushed it. Like I, I think the fact that he also took, I don't know if you saw this, that the, 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 whoever the defending champ was on his very first night, the guy that punked know. him. Yes. That yeah. was great. He, uh, for, for final jeopardy, if you missed it, and I don't know that anybody in Wisconsin missed it, but the, the guy <laughs> didn't know the answer. And so the question that he wrote on his slate was whose idea was it to kick the field goal, you know, in the playoff <laughs> game that ended the, the Packers season. Now, oh. I mean that he took it, he took it well. But he it, did it, well. it was kind of like ripping the scab off for a lot of us who'd finally put that behind us. And, and yet there, there he had to live with it. But, you know, he'll, he'll be but all that's, right. That's what, well, that's what it is, hosting a, hosting a live game. I guess it's not live, but it is a, a game show and getting to leave in all of those things. But he wants to do it. Like he's put, came out and said that he wants to do it. He wants to split time doing his job as the quarterback and then doing his other job as the host. And so we'll see if, uh, if they let him do that. Sure. All well, I know is my Facebook feed, at least one woman said she felt like Aaron was flirting directly with her. While she of was course watching. he was. 
<laughs> I think but, she I think she loves him like we all do. Hey, look, if 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 um, that's part of it is, is to have that 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 chemistry with the screen. And there's no doubt Aaron has that Aaron's going to have the future after football. It's just a question oh, yeah. of, you know, how many more seasons he's going to do this kind of like, uh, you know, Ryan Braun uh, kind of, you know, talked it for about it for a couple of seasons. And now it looks like, you know, he's finally done, but you know, we we've been, we've been pretty spoiled here as we've talked about on the program before going from, you know, Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers. Uh, so. I will say that this is going to be my dig on Tom Brady because we need more of those in the world yes, that I ma'am. feel like Tom Brady can only play football. Oh yeah. Like, there's nothing. He else. might like, like yeah, he's whatever. not funny. There, there's an he's argument. There's an argument that maybe he is the best. He has a lot of rings. It's fine. But there is nothing that man's going to do post football. Mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers, lots of things. The world is his oyster. And I think that's great. And he just won MVP. So he's still got a couple years with us anyways. Yeah, nice. if he want, oh, if he wants it, he can he can no doubt do it. So, well, looking ahead here, as mentioned before, uh, you know the Cubs are coming to American Family Field uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Tailgating is coming back, and you know, Kirk, I wanted to ask you, being uh, up in the Monaco area, which of course you know made its bones, you know, with all kinds of tourists from the Chicago area coming up there. What is that like? you know, in the minute and a half that we have left here. Uh, what's that like being in a place that is so split, you know, Brewers and, and Cubs fans during the summertime? Is it annoying? Is it fun? What's it like? Well, before I answer your question, Pat, I'm going to make this uh, official announcement right now that I'm more of a lover than a fighter and that baseball is not really something that I care that much about. I'd kind of, I'm sorry, I can't hear you. Does somebody mute his mic? I can't hear him. <laughs> Can't, uh, <laughs> oh wait, there you are. I, I, I rather I rather watch a Mahler symphony than watch three hours worth of baseball. However, owning a brew pub, you could not avoid uh, baseball, and we had it on uh, at the bar. And yeah, uh, it's about 50-50 up in Minocqua. There's, you know, it's the the, the Cubs are big uh, there, you know, and because we got about you know half of our population, our own own lake homes are from Illinois, so. Uh, there was no animosity whatsoever. The uh, the drunk you know, Wisconsinites were pretty happy with the drunk Cubs fans. You know, in other words, me. they're bringing the money still. <laughs> and really, that, they're still buying beer. That's no matter comes, if they're Cubs or the That's Brewers what it comes fans. down to. All right, folks, thanks for joining us at the cabin this week. We're an old fashioned, isn't just a beverage. It's how we like our conversations. Civil, neighborly, thoughtful, fun for Kristen. For Kristen, Brian, Kirk, Bangstead, I'm Pat Kreitlow. We'll see you next time up north. Let me die.